So we continue with um, the book of the Acts of the Apostles, which will be the 27th part. The book of the Acts of the Apostles, the 27th part. Now, last week, we looked at the ascension and the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, we noted that the ascension of the Lord is uh, a foreshadowing of the rapture of the church. And that as sure as the ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ happened, so would the rapture of the church occur. In other words, it's an event that actually took place and it is foreshadowing another event which is the rapture. And we said, we noted that the, after the ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ, the disciples were there gazing onto heaven and um, the question was asked by the angel who stood by, why, why, why are you gazing onto heaven? Why are you gazing onto heaven? This Jesus, this same Jesus who has gone, is going to return. So we have been asked to watch for the return of the Lord. To watch for the return of the Lord, not by stargazing, not by uh, fortune telling, uh, not by preoccupying ourselves with visions of visitors to heaven and to hell, but by going about the work that God wants us to do. He said we should watch soberly. We should be sober in our watching. And then we noted also that not only are we to watch soberly, we are to work earnestly. We are to put everything that we have into the work, the assignment that God has given to us whilst we are expecting His return. And finally, we said that we are to wait patiently because the rapture will take place, the second coming of the Lord will surely take place. And so we have to wait patiently. We should be ready at all times, we said, uh, because time can be up for any one of us at any time. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. So today, we will um, go back to our text, the new text now, Acts chapter 1, verse 12 through 14. Acts 1, 12 14. Then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olives, or Olives, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon Zealous and Judas, the brother of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. The Lord bless the God in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, we are going to focus on this portion of scripture. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. These all continue with one accord in prayer and supplication. Suffice it to note that we are looking here at the, the apostles, the early apostles, and the other disciples. I think in verse 15, we are told that the number is about 120. Now, our prayer is that as we look at this portion of scripture today, uh, the Lord will speak to us by His Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. So, what we, what we have as a soft thing 
or a title of this particular meeting will be the vitality of brain. The vitality of brain. The vitality of brain. When we speak of vitality of brain, we are speaking of not just the vigor or vibrancy of brain. We are not just speaking of the activity of brain. But more importantly, we are speaking of the efficacy, the capacity for producing a desired result, for the effectiveness of brain. We are also speaking of the central, critical, and crucial place or role that, play, that brain plays as it relates to those of us who are disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we are not just looking at the vibrancy, the vigor of prayer, we are also looking at the fact that prayer or praying is central, is critical, is crucial to anything that those of us who are disciples have to do. We are also, in addition, looking at the efficacy and the effectiveness of prayer, the fact that prayer always bears results, always brings what the 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 the, 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 the Desired result. Now, so whilst our goal in our meeting today is to pray, that's really our goal to pray. And no matter how late it takes, we are going to pray. Whilst that is our goal today, first we want to speak of this vitality of prayer. And we want to be able to exhort ourselves so that when we pray, we understand what we are doing. There's a lot of talk about praying, there's no praying. So we want to talk. And we also want to pray. In 1 John chapter 5, 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 to 15, 1 John 5, 14 to 15, the Bible tells us that we have the confidence when we pray to God. And this is the confidence that we have. That when we ask anything according to His will, He does what? He heareth us. And if we know, if we know that He hears us, Whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of Him. Now, whether we see the result or not physically, we go, we leave our place of prayer with this confident assurance, once we know that God has heard, that we already have the answer. Do you understand that? Now, when we say we have the answer, it doesn't mean that it is what we expect to hear that will be the answer. It means that God will give us an answer of peace. Do you understand that? So it's important to know that. Now, it is this confidence that brings us to the fact that if prayer is to be meaningful, it must be heard by God. Not by men. Not even by the even. You know, you can shout and people will hear you pray that brother is praying. The question is not whether people are hearing you. What is the real issue? Did God hear you? Do you understand that? And for God to hear you, He says, you must be praying how? According to His So, if our praying is to amount to anything, if our praying is to be meaningful, then we must be praying the will of God. One other thing that we have to quickly note here is the fact that if certain things are present in your life, no matter how much you are praying, your praying will not be heard by God. In Isaiah chapter 59, verse 1 and 2, Isaiah chapter 59, verse 1 and 2, 
The Bible says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities are separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you, that he will not. The issue is, we want God to hear, is that not so? So, not only are we to pray according to his will, we must make sure that there is no sin in our lives. We must ensure that there is no self-centeredness in our lives. In Psalm 66, verse 18, Psalm 66, verse 18, the Bible says that if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. If I regard iniquity, what does it mean to regard iniquity? It means to give it a place of prominence. It means that I myself, I like iniquity. It means I myself, I, I have not distanced myself from iniquity. I have welcomed it and I have given it a place of preeminence in my heart. This is what we not hear. So, if the object of meaningful prayer is that God hears us, then we must make sure that these three things are dealt with. Number one, we are praying the will of God. Number two, no matter if there is no sin, no selfishness, no self-centeredness in our prayer. And finally, number three, there is no iniquity. It has no, no place of prominence in our hearts. We cannot sin and then wave it off. We cannot see people sinning and then we wave it off. There must be that, 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 that place must be, the, the matter of iniquity must be routed out of our lives and God must take the place of preeminence in our lives. Now, pray the will of God. Romans chapter 8, verse 26 to 27, Romans chapter 8, 26 to 27, makes us to understand that, make, that we don't even know how we ought to pray. Let me read it. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities or weaknesses. For we know not what we should pray for, as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us, with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the heart knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of so, if we want to make sure that we are praying in the will of God, then we need to pray in the Spirit. What does that mean to pray in the Spirit? With the aid of the Spirit. In the, according, according to the direction that the Spirit of God is given us. So, we want to be sure, because I don't want us to pray any anyhow prayer today. I want us to pray and let it come. Let us know that we have, we, we have actually spoken to God and we live there with the confidence that we have been heard. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2, the Bible says, For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto who? God. For no man understandeth him. How be he in the spirit he speaketh mysteries? So when we are talking of praying, we are talking of speaking unto God. We are, we are talking about Speaking in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit. The Bible talks of those who are speaking in an unknown tongue, which we know that to be prayer in the Holy Ghost. That they are not praying unto men, they are praying to who? To God. So, praying must be seen as communion or communication between man and God. It's a two way uh, thing. The man says his prayer to God, God gives his response. In between man and God praying, there is the communication line which must be kept free of impediments 
No sin, no self-centeredness, no selfishness. All that is removed. In James chapter 4, James chapter 4, this is like the mission to many of us. But we need to emphasize some of these things to us. James chapter 4, from verse 1 to 4, it says, From when strong wars and fightings among you, come they not hence, even of your lusts that war in your members. Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have, and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not, because ye ask In verse says, ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your losses. We don't want to ask amiss. Do you understand that? We don't want a, we don't want to pray a prayer that is after our own loss, after our own desires. In verse 4, he says, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. We must remove worldliness from our lives if our praying is to count. So not only are we to pray according to the will of God, Approve every impediment. We must make sure that there is no worldliness in our lives and in our praying. We cannot pray according to the way the world prays. Therefore, it is instructive that you and I must be praying in the Spirit. So, from the four points, all that we said so far, we see that praying is central, it is critical, it is crucial for anything that we have. Or that we hope rather to achieve or do for and with God as regards His kingdom. If we are going to do anything that will amount to anything at all, prayer must be the object or the subject of that prayer. Now, what planning is in the world? Praying is in the kingdom of God. So when we were in the world, we spent time planning, thinking, and so on and so forth. In the kingdom of God, we don't spend time planning. We spend time doing what? Praying. Do you understand? In the kingdom of God, we, we plan nothing. But if we execute the plans of God by praying it into fruition, as we are praying, the plan of God from the foundations of the earth is brought, is, is, is brought forth in the place of prayer. And then those who need to be physically involved in the execution are now moved through the agency of prayer and the Spirit of God and the Word of God acting effectually to bring it to pass. This was how things were done in the days of old. It must, it must also be how things should be done today. For example, when the children of Israel started to build the, 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 the temple in, um, I think that's the book of Ezra, you find it in Ezra, you find it in Haggai, you also find it in Zechariah, as well as Nehemiah, I think. Find in those problems. At some point in time, they were stopped by opposition. And they stopped. Then God began to speak through Haggai and Zechariah. And as they began to prophesy, the word of God and the power of God came upon them and they resumed the building. And even though there was still opposition, because this time it was backed by praying and prophesying, nothing could stop that. The work continued and it was completed. In fact, I think it was Zechariah who prophesied and said, Zerubbabel is the one that began to build this thing. It is his hand that will also be the cornerstone. And there will be shouts of grace, grace unto it. It is this same Zechariah 
who prophesied and said, not by, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, say the Lord. So it is important that we pray rather than plan. As you are praying, God will begin to speak to you about his plans. He will give you directions, he will give you instructions on what to do, and then you can go ahead and do it. Praying therefore enables us to walk with God who has the plan. Don't forget who is the one that has the plan. It is God. What our brain does is it brings us, it changes us to hard-hearted, stubborn, rebellious people to people whose hearts have not been changed so that we can walk with God. Do you understand? Without praying, therefore, we cannot do anything as far as the kingdom of God is concerned. In Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9, Proverbs 16, verse 9, the Bible says, A man's heart devised his way. We are talking about planning here. A man's heart will plan. He says, But the Lord directed his steps through praying. It is, it is, it is God who will not direct your steps. So, sometimes you realize that you have a plan. And I'm sure you know this has happened to you many times. You had a plan, you, you, you devise it, you want to execute it, and then some things just come and come upon it. And there is nothing you can do to bring that plan to you. But if you had prayed, God would have removed every impediment that needed to be removed, and it would be smooth sailing. Sometimes we have a plan, then we pray, and God says, Go in this your mind. And as you go, it is not your plan that is executed, it is God's plan. Therefore, it is a waste of time for you and I to spend time trying to plan. What should we spend time doing now? Praying. In, in Psalm 33, verse 10 and 11, Psalm 33, verse 10 and 11, the Bible says, The Lord bringeth the counsel of the heathen to naught. Anybody who is not working with God is a heathen. And whatever plan he has, God says, God will do what? He will bring you to God. He maketh the devices of the people of none effect. Their plans, their purposes, and everything they want to do, He makes it of none effect. The Bible says, The counsel of the Lord, in verse 11, the counsel of the Lord standeth forever, the force of His heart to all generations. So it is not about our planning, it is about God and what God wants to do. I, 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 want, I want us to disabuse our minds of plans and targets and other things. In Isaiah chapter 7, just with three verses there, verse 5 to 7, Isaiah 7, 5 to 7, this is this was when uh, Israel and Syria had come against Judah, and God was giving a word to the King Ahaz through Isaiah. Can, and, and God said there, uh, okay, let me take it from verse 4. He says, and say unto him, like that, Isaiah, say unto Ahaz, Take heed and be quiet. Fear not, neither be faithful, for the two tails of these smoking firebrands, for the fierce anger of risen with Syria and the son of Remaliah. Because Syria, Ephraim, and the son of Remaliah have taken evil counsel against the same, let us go up against Judah and vex it, and let us make a bridge therein for us, and set a king in the midst of it, even the son of Tabiah. Or the son of Tabiah. Thus saith the Lord God, it shall not stand, neither shall it come to pass. Whatever they are devising is not what you should be bothered with. Do you understand? We it is time for us to, 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 to gather, gather ourselves into prayer. It's not what is happening around that you, 
that should become motivation. Anybody if it is motivating us, it should motivate us to go and seek God, to pray according to the will of God, not to pray, say, oh, remove this, don't do this. God will tell us himself. Remember when this child prayed in, um, not the not Zechariah, what's his name now? Jehoshaphat, in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, when Christians came against uh, Jehoshaphat, and he cared that he went to God, declared a fast, and he began to pray. In the course of praying, the word of God came through one of the uh, uh, children, one of, one of the people there, and said, This fight is not for you. I am the one that will fight this fight. You will do absolutely nothing. Just stand still, and you will see what I will do. And Jehoshaphat, hearing that, believed. And so when it was time the next day to go to battle, and the soldiers were moving ahead, he said, mm, God had told us that he would do this thing himself. Believe ye his prophets, so shall you establish. Believe ye the Lord, so shall you prosper. Was it the other word that I don't know what it was? But basically, that Jehoshaphat believed God. And instead of sending soldiers ahead, what did he do? He sent the praise singers go ahead and no soldiers to go because God has said, I am going to do the battle myself. So it doesn't matter what people are planning. Other can plan. We pray. In Mark chapter 1, 35 to 39, Mark 1, 35 to 39, where the Lord Jesus rose up early to go and pray. You know that story. And then Peter and the others found him praying and said, Ah, we've been waiting for you now. There are people waiting to see you because the day before he had healed many people. And so the next day they had come. But what did the Lord answer them? Let's, let's read Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. I'm just going to read um, verse 38. So when they told him that, oh, many people are looking for you and so on, so on. In verse they said, and he said unto them, let us go into the next towns, that I may preach there also. For therefore came I. If the Lord had not prayed that morning. He would have gone to engage himself in ministry to people rather than ministry to God. I, I need to differentiate this. There is ministry to people and there is ministry to God. What we do when we don't pray is ministry to people. When we pray, we are ministering to God. It is God who will now tell you who to go and preach to. Who to minister to, where to go, and so on and so forth. Once you are doing that, your ministry is to God. The ministry that we are called to is unto God, it's not unto men. But as we minister unto God, God will then call us and say, Go here, go here, and so on and so forth. Remember in the story in Acts chapter 13, Paul, Barnabas, Saul, Barnabas, and the others, they were ministering unto the Lord. As the reason of the Lord was said unto them, separate unto me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereof I have called them. It was in ministry to God that they received the instruction to go forth and begin to minister to a certain group of people. And in James chapter 4, James chapter 4, verse 13 through to 16, James chapter 4. 13 through 16. He says, Go to now. Ye that say today or tomorrow we will go into such a city. This is planning. This is long term planning. And continue there a year and buy and sell and get paid. Whereas ye know not what shall be on tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes. 
For that is what for that is what to say. If the Lord will, we shall live and do this or do that. How do you get to this place? It is faith. Don't just carry your bag and say I'm going. It is faith. Paul wrote the second Corinthians chapter one. I'm giving you this scripture so that you can go home, look at it yourself again. And see what God is saying. Second Corinthians chapter one, from verse seventeen. I'm just going to read verse seventeen. When I therefore was thus minded, he was talking about. Oh, I said I will come to you when I go to this place and go to that place. I'll come to you. And but he didn't make it. There were challenges in his way. You need to read that from from from, from the beginning to understand it at this point. So God said, when I therefore was minded, did I use lightness? Did I do it casually? Or the things that I purpose. Do I propose according to the flesh? That with me there should be year, year, and nay, nay. But as God is true, our word toward you was not year and nay. It was not, oh, I, I will say I'm coming, then I won't come. I will come, and, no, I won't come. That's what I was saying. They are not yours. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, even by me and Silvanus and, Th- and Timotheus, was not year and nay, but in him was year. For all the promises of God in Him are here and in Him, Amen, under the glory of God by us. Now, He, which has established us with you in Christ and has anointed us, is God, who has also sealed us and given the evidence of the Spirit in our hearts. Moreover, I call God for a record upon my soul that to spare you I came not as yet unto Corinth. So there was a reason, even though there was the desire to go at a particular time, there was a reason not to go. It was God that made it not possible for him, not um, that made it uh, such that he could not go at the time he wanted to go. And why? That God might spare them the, the, the brashness with which he was coming after that time. So we plan. I think you've heard that in the, in the world. They say, uh, man plans. That God, man proposes, that God disposes. That's how we work and understand it. The bottom line for a Christian is that our life is one of three, not one. Any plan we have must be after praying and must be God telling us and speaking to us himself. So even though the disciples of the Lord, now we want to begin to enter the, the one or two subjects that we want to talk about, even though the, the disciples of the Lord have now returned from the Mount of Olives, or Olives, and we are now waiting for the promise of the Father, which is the Holy Spirit, not knowing what to do, not having the Lord with them as before, they gathered with one accord to pray. They gathered with what? One accord. One agreement. We must be in one accord with God if we are going to pray successfully. If our praying is going to be effective, if it's going to be efficacious, we must pray with one accord with God. Otherwise, praying in spirit in the spirit will just be speaking in tongues without anything. There are people who speak in tongues and still beat their wives. There are women who speak in tongues and still abuse their husbands. There are people who speak in tongues and they are still stealing, speak in tongues and still bright. There is no accord between them and God. They are speaking in tongues is futile. If we are to be in one accord, we must subscribe and agree to do the will of God. We must subscribe to the will of God. We must agree to do the will of God. 
If our brain is to be anything at all, even in the tongues, we must subscribe and agree to pursue God's purpose. You must be subscribed to the pursuit of the purpose of God. You must also be subscribed and agree to the plan of God, whatever that plan is. Sometimes the plan of God is to take you to a place that you don't want to go. If you don't subscribe to it, I'll be with you. Your prayer is going to be future because you'll be praying amiss. You'll be praying contrary to the will of God. And you know what we read said at the beginning. God does not listen to such prayers. If you want God to hear you, you must agree with His will. You must subscribe to His will. You must be ready to do His purpose, His plans. You must be ready to go all, all the way and do it. So, if we go back to Acts chapter 1 again, which we said we are going to look at, which is that these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. I also want to know that matter of continuation, continuity. They didn't pray once and stop. They kept praying, they kept praying, they kept praying. By the time we get to Acts chapter 2, you will see that the duration between when the Lord Jesus ascended and when the Spirit of God finally came, it was only seven days. But nobody told them it was seven days. Do you understand? They just went on praying until the Spirit of God came. We must continue to pray, continue in prayer. With what accord with the Spirit of God, with what accord with the Godhead, agree with them, pursuing their purpose, seeking to do their way, seeking to entrench the plan of God. And establish it here and there. So, number one, about praying now, I want to just know some things. Number one, nothing should be started without first praying and receiving clear instructions from God. The, the disciples gathered to pray. The Lord Jesus was no longer with them as he used to be with them. The Holy Spirit had not come. The only thing they knew was that they were to wait. And what were they doing while they were waiting? You cannot start a business without prayer. You cannot start a ministry without prayer. You cannot start any venture whatsoever without first praying and receiving clear instructions from God. It's important. The instructions of God are not suggestions. They are what they are, instructions to be carried out, not to be debated. In Proverbs chapter 19 verse 21, Proverbs 19 verse 21, the Bible says, there are many devices in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord, that shall stand. I'm not sure you agree with that. There are many times you have plans just to do one thing. You have about 200 ways by which you can do it. And many of those 200 ways will take. But it is the plan of God, the counsel of God, that stands. Therefore, you and I ought to submit to God's will. When it is contrary to our thoughts or our plans. Remember what he said in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8 to 11. Isaiah 55, 8 to 11. Where he said, My thoughts are not your thoughts. As far as the heavens are from the earth, so are my thoughts they will far away from me. Whatever I have is cut off, and I, and I speak it out, it will surely come to pass. Let's read it. Let's read it. And I'm trying to, to be fast. That uh, the same thing I don't, I also don't want us to lose certain uh, important things. Let me read. I have to find 
For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth it, and maketh it bring forth and go, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be, that word forth out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me how God. But it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. No matter how long it may take, once God has spoken, so once you are waiting for that promise of God to come to pass, what should you be doing? Be praying. Because if you are not in the place of prayer, you are going to see later, you are going to end up doing ungodly things. It is ungodly to come up with your own plan when God has told you what He wants to do. In Proverbs chapter 20, verse 5, Proverbs 20, verse 5, the Bible says, Counsel in the heart of man is like deep water, but the man of understanding will draw it out. Now, if counsel in the heart of man is like deep water, what do you think counsel in the heart of God is? It's far deeper. Now, if it takes a man of understanding to draw out the counsel that is in the man's heart, what do you think it will take to draw out the counsel that is in the heart of God? Prayer! It is prayer. It is that prayer that will bring the understanding to you to dig deep and go deeper and deeper and deeper until God speaks for. Today, we have a wish worship Christianity that does not want to spend time praying. We would like to pray for 15 minutes and see the results. Maybe for minutes. But not as matter. As matter, sometimes we need to pray for weeks. And I mean weeks. Because what you are doing is, you are digging, you are following a bit, deep and deep, where a foundation that will never be shaken will be established. Any ministry that will outlive not only the founder, but generations that will stay till Christ returns, must be founded in prayer. Those ministries don't grow the way you see some ministries grow. Because you have to keep digging in the place of prayer, you have to keep digging, and they will ask, why are you digging? Because we are going up. Sometimes all the founder did was to dig the foundation. Then somebody else came and did this. If you go to a place where there are business skyscrapers, for years you will not see anything. You will just see a place covered and you will see sand being packed out. Sand, you will just see trucks taking things out. Nothing is coming But when they have gotten to the depth that they want to get, then, then the next thing you see, you see something bringing concrete and steel, and the steel will be going in, you see things fighting, and you wonder what are they doing for years? After many years of digging, within two years, you just see the building go. So somebody who did not know how many years they spent digging, you would think the building just sprang up like that overnight. They spent years in That is how the ministry is. These people continued the prayer for seven solid days. They kept praying, they kept praying. That same ministry is what they still continue Because it stands. The Lord went to a 40 day fast. And I, I bet you that it was preceded with praying. That ministry is standing to you. Many of us are now beneficiaries of that ministry. Because it's talking. Now, if you go back to Proverbs chapter 19, verse 20, 20 verse chapter 19, he said, Hear counsel. 
course, and at the, at the mouth of God, and receive instruction. What does it mean to receive? To accept, to take, to welcome, to desire. Look, if you don't desire instruction from God, you cannot receive it. If you will not welcome instruction from God, He is not going to give it to you. So, hear and receive instruction. Like I said earlier, God does not give suggestions. He gives instructions. And of course, instruction is at the mouth of God. That thou mayest be wise in thy latter. God, God is speaking to somebody who has not been wise up to now. Who has been acting foolishly. Now, what is God saying? Said the ones and here. When we say here, what are we talking about? If you, if you listen to the broadcast uh, on um, uh, the voice of one lap, you will have heard that when we talk of hearing from God, we are saying about all things essential. We are saying that you have heard what God has said. You have correctly interpreted what God has said. You have you have a good understanding of what God has said, and you are now moving to implement what God has said. That is the totality of hearing. So when he says, hear from God, or hear the word of God, he says to you, receive what God has said. Have a correct interpretation of what God has said. Have a good understanding of what he has said. And then proceed to do it. And then counsel. So hear counsel. What is counsel? God's path. God's will. God's purpose. God's word. God's instruction. God is saying, go come and hear counsel from me from henceforth. Stop running after your own people. You know, I find it very, very interesting. Especially, I see that amongst young men. Young men and ladies. They take counsel from their mates. How can your mates do anything? They don't take counsel from those who are older than them. Who are being, they say, no, those are old people. They prefer to take counsel from their own mates. Can you imagine a 16 year old being advised by a 16 year old? Most fear the person and that's the Both of them are going to fall into the It is like the blind living. God is saying, come and take counsel from me. So that you can be wise. From now on to act wise. My prayer for you is that as we are praying, you will receive counsel from God. Mm-hmm. That you will be open to receive it. That you, you will welcome whatever God is telling you, even though it may not agree with you. Mm-hmm. And how are you going to achieve this? I have discovered that when you want to do something and you enter into the place of prayer, as you are praying, particularly when you are praying in the spirit, and you are praying consistently for maybe an hour, two hours, every barrier of resistance inside of you is broken down. By the third hour when you want to begin to pray, it is in agreement with the will of God. Depending of course on how stubborn you are. Sometimes all it takes is 30 minutes to break down the barrier of stubbornness. And some people, two hours, they are still breaking down by That's why you need to keep praying in the spirit. You need to continue in praying until every barrier against the word of God for your life is broken down. Secondly, from last week's word, we were told to watch somebody, to work earnestly, to wait patiently. All this can only be achieved when praying is the backbone. If you are watching and praying is not the backbone, you will run into trouble. 
If you are working and praying is not the backbone, your work is futile. And if you are working and praying is not the backbone, you are going to do all kinds of crazy things. Let's take examples. In Matthew chapter 26, and I'm going to give you the, the scriptures, I cannot read them. Matthew 26, 31 to 35, 36 to 47, and 69 to 75. Matthew 26, 31 to 35, 36 to 47, and 69 to 75. This uh, verse of scripture talking about when the Lord told Peter that he was going to deny him three times before the cup Instead of Peter to go and pray, what was Peter doing? He said, even if everybody deserves you, I will. And then, the Lord gets him to get somebody to pray. And calls Peter, James and John to follow him. And left the other, the, 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 the other eight outside. And he took his three to follow him. With the benefit, benefit of hindsight, we can see that the Lord was trying to get them to get into the place of prayer. Perhaps because he knew what was, what was awaiting this part, this people. Peter was the one who more or less opened the doors to the Jews, the, the doors of the kingdom of the Jews, when he preached in Asaphat. You know that James was beheaded. His ministry was the shortest. He was beheaded. And then John, he had the longest of the ministry. He's the one that went into the was the one that was the history center. He was thrown into a pot of hot iron and they covered the lid for 72 hours, three days. When they opened it, he said, Oh, the fire, piece of the oil to, to warn him, he, he jumped out of the thing. The Lord wanted them to start with praying in the man. But they did not, they were sleeping. But on that occasion, when he came back, it was, it was a story that it was Peter's name he called, not James and John. He said, Peter, ah, you cannot watch with me for one hour. Pray that you fall not into So Peter would have wondered what is he talking about? If this temptation will never see it. Am I not watching? I'm sober in my watching. But what happened when temptation began to come? Peter didn't realize it. The person he was he was calling Jesus from afar. He didn't realize that that was an issue. He was calling from a distance. He already temptation had been gone. And he didn't. Then, while the Lord was facing fire of uh, judgment and persecution, where, where was Peter? He was going to warm himself in the fireplace around the enemy. And then when they came and said, You will not you will be by your tongue betrays you. He began to curse. He even said that my God forbid, I don't know. Brothers and sisters, no matter how sober you watch, without praying, you will fall into it. I'm telling you. You know what? Even though you see the pitfall, they are looking at it like this. Even though you see the trap, you see the snare of the enemy, you see everything in your life, but because you are not there, you will not perceive it to be there. You will just look at this, or what's wrong with it? Tell me what's wrong with coming yourself in fact. By a school. What is wrong with taking it, walking, calling the Lord at a distance? Many of us are distant for Lord. Nobody knows about calling Jesus. In our homes, we don't want to offend anybody. They're just, you know, taking it easy. We don't want to become fanatics. Because those who call the Lord Jesus closely are fanatics. But we don't know that we are already entering into 
you are not praying whilst watching, no matter how sober it is, tell you this brother, 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 one, you will sleep when you should be praying. That's what we can understand. They were sleeping when they were sleeping. You will speak when you should be listening for God's word. The time when you should keep your mouth shut and be listening, what is God saying on this man? You will be talking blah 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 Nothing else. You will preach when you should be receiving the word from the Holy Spirit. Many people just jump about. The Lord has not told them anything. They just jump out. They start a church. And begin to, because they, because they have the, the sense of oration, and begin to speak. And very soon they, they get billboards, um, flyers, uh, videos, uh, all those things now. Um, TV slots, and yes, ministry has started. And actually, you see those churches growing. But all of the things I've discovered in some churches, as we see today, is program, 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 program. There's one that I saw in this area. Oh, please remind me what that is again. Oil, night of oil, or what? Is it oil of abundance or something? What, what, is, what is oil? That's what is giving rise to all these crazy gospels that we're hearing all about. People are not praying anymore. We're not praying the will of God anymore. So we don't even know the will of God. We are just preaching anything. And of course, when you are not praying, even though you may claim to be watching, you will deny the Lord when you be standing up for Many of us are denying Him. Even in places where we ought not to be afraid, we are afraid and we are denying Him. So your sober watching will be prayer. I'm still on number two. Be the big partner. In Acts chapter 6, verse 1 to 4, you know that story. Uh, let me read it. Acts chapter 6, verse 1 to 4. This was when there was a challenge in, among, the, among the disciples, as the number of disciples were growing large, and uh, there, was, there was this accusation of paraboyism, or what we call nepotism. Let read it. And in those days, when the number of disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Christians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in daily administration. Then the Lord called the multitude of disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should believe the word of God and serve Jesus. Wherefore, brethren, look for, look ye out among you seven men of honest report full of the Holy Ghost and wives, whom we may appoint over this business, that we will give ourselves continually to what? Prayer and to the ministry of the work. Doing the work of God without praying is like building the blocks without mortar. It is mortar that binds the blocks together. So, praying becomes the mortar that holds the building blocks of Christianity, of uh, the work of God, of Christendom together. If you are not praying, you are just laying blocks one another. What will happen when Christ comes? The thing will start. No wonder, when you read the writings of Paul, you will see either prayer overtly or implied. Look at Colossians chapter 4. Colossians chapter 4. Read it from verse, 4, from verse 2 to verse 4. Colossians 4 from verse 2 to verse 4. It says, Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. With all, pray also for us 
that God would open unto us a door of what? Utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bonds, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. He wasn't taking it for granted that he had knowledge of the word of God. He said, I want you to pray that God will give me what? Utterance. I need to be able to present it in a manner that the recipients will receive it. Do you understand that? It is okay, I may know everything about the Bible, but if I do not have the gift or the grace of utterance, my, my preaching will not be effectual. So for my preaching to be effectual, what do I need to do? I need to pray. That God will grant unto me the grace of utterance. The same thing is repeated in Ephesians chapter 6. 19 and 20. Ephesians 6, 19 and 20. He says, and for me, he's talking of praying and whatever, and then he says, and for me, that utterance may be given unto me. This was so crucial to God. That utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth out boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Look at what they were praying. They were not praying for God. They were not praying for money. They were asking for God. Where would he even have had be praying for all transfer for money of this? He was in he was not God. So what he was asking for was utterance. He didn't, I thought he would say, pray that they will release me. No! Utterance. Because he saw ministry in that prison. It was in that prison that there was his name now. Onesimus was converted. That the, the servant of um, Philemon. It was in that prison. It was in that prison that he had soldiers that he could finish that one. So just give me utterance. Ask God to give me utterance that I may present this gospel to these people. To be able to understand it. In verse 20 says, For which I am an ambassador in bonds, in prison, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. This, and this is what we are talking about. These are people who were in, in one accord with God. They were in agreement with what God was doing. They were, not, they were not begging that they be released from prison because they saw the ministry, they saw the reason why they were there in prison. We know this, we know about um, Paul and Silas, they prayed, they sang, the Holy Ghost came and that also. They were in prison and yet they had time to be doing their prayers and be giving thanks. And the prison condition was shaken. And at the end of the day, the, 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 what do you call it now? The prison warden, along with his family, were saved. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16 verse 9, 1 Corinthians 16 verse 9, Paul writes, says, For a great door and effectual is open unto me, and there are many adversaries. What do you think this is in line? Let us pray. The door has been opened, but there are adversaries. We need to pray. We need to pray. Enough of this praying for myself, praying for money, praying for business. Can we pray the will of God? Can we pray the work of God? Can we, can we dig deep into the soil and have a firm foundation for the work of God? So watching without praying, you will sleep. You will deny the Lord. You will do all kinds of things that don't matter. You will not be you, instead of waiting to hear what God wants to say, you will jump out to preach. There are people who are just prophesying. 
and he says, Prophet, because they've not stood in the council of God. And of course, you will deny the law. And if you want to walk earnestly, and you are not praying, you are just going to be spending energy, wasting energy, because you are, you are laying blocks, and there is no mortar to hold the blocks together. If you will be doing ministry, and there is no mortar to bind the ministry together. I was in a conversation with uh, two of my two friends, different times, in the, in the course of um, the week. Both of them have it, they have ministries overseas. In two different countries. And we're saying we were looking at the same things. How God was, you know, like chastising them and warning them against this, this craze for having people fill the place who are doing nothing, who are just making nothing. The work of the pastor is to raise men and women who will serve God. Men and women who will grow in faith before God. It's not to just gather people who will serve them. We need to be careful. When we are doing the work of God and we are not praying, everything is hard. But when we do the work of God and we are praying, we have more than 15 years together. The lives will stand when the storms of life come. The storms of life have come, especially to the church in Nigeria. And Christians are scattered in various directions. So much so that now, but what they are doing is good or not, that it's not good, it's not good to pray. They are, they, I like that, they are praying. They inspire the gay prayer. The prayer that will not have prayed since, that will establish us and stabilize us, that will not be shaken by what is happening. Now we are so shaken, everybody is rushing to pray, to pray, to pray. It is the prayer of fear. It's not the prayer of fear. It's not the prayer of fear. I was telling my wife, I said, many people will go there as a prayer, and know that it's called for February 13th. I um, beloved Pastor Nicole. Three hours of praying will be on TV and televised. And what all the people who go there and pray, then I bet you many of the people who go there to pray. They are adulterers and adulterers. Not just in the world, I mean sexually. And they are not ready to change. Many of them are thieves, many of them are collecting bribes. The change they want is for themselves, not for the generality of anybody. To see, in Matthew 25, 1 to 13, we know the story again, is the story of the birth of the ten virgins. All ten virgins were waiting for the bridegroom. All of them were waiting for the promise to return. And all stepped up while waiting. However, while the wise virgins had extra oil, as far as they had a storage of praying. So they could sleep. The foolish person had none, and still went ahead to sleep. So when the bridegroom came, what happened? Only the wise to go. The foolish were now going around looking for something that they had no business setting for. We could have been with them. There are things that our praying will bring. There's a confidence that it keeps in you. There are many things that we can use to describe this extra order. It could be your trust and confidence in God. It could be your praying, which is also part of building up your, your, your trust and faith in God. It could be the Holy Spirit informing you, surrounding you, guarding you, protecting you, directing you on what to do. All of it also has to do with prayer. So 
So I tell you, that was the only device was I pray that we will get you pray. So that once we are waiting, we are also doing what? We will not miss the rapture of Jesus. Yeah. Waiting without praying will lead to disappointments and ungodly acts. There are people who have been waiting and waiting for the Lord and they are waiting for the Lord on that. But they are not waiting. And what do you find them doing? You say, number one, they tell the world gets disappointed. And then we don't we know, we know have to quote scriptures out of context. They say, uh, what that scripture that people like to quote? The heart, what's that in them? Hope deferred. Hope deferred, make it the heart to seek. They will my heart to seek because hope is being deferred. If you had hope, there's no difference to that hope. The Bible says that the hope of the righteous shall not be cut off. The expression of righteous shall not be cut off. So I know for sure that even though I'm still hoping on this again, we surely come to my confidence is one minute. There's no hope in the first. And then because people have this hope, they find make it happy. And if they did false thing, what do they do? They get the problem of God in us. A young woman has waited, and she's still waiting for God, for a, for a life partner. She can't get before what's happening. She has, she has gone to sleep with somebody else. The pastor was telling me the story of his sister. That they were praying for this sister. To get married, and they kept praying and kept praying and kept praying. And then one day, they suddenly noticed that the sister's uh, abdomen was growing big. Ah, so I was going on, she was careful. In the course, in the middle of praying, ah, what's wrong with you? We have been praying, ah, and you may not be praying, 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 praying. You didn't tell us, okay, who is this? A married man. Not with a single block, a married man. There's another fellow, a minister. A minister. He's not married. Probably he came and told them to his senior that, oh, sorry, I pregnant again. You know, as he's pregnant. So they advised him to go and marry. They didn't know, he didn't tell them what was happening. When he married the girl and brought her down, guess who he married? A Muslim. She kept to church and was looking at what you were doing. It didn't make any sense. The kind of crazy things we are doing because we are waiting and not. Watch and pray. Walk and pray. Wait and pray. That's the message. It's not just to watch and watch and watch. No, pray. It's not just to walk and walk and walk and pray. And it's not to say I'm waiting. Pray. Prayer helps your waiting. Point number three. Ministry without praying is the same thing as engaging in a secular activity. It is called dead works. It is called dead works. Because such activity lacks the life of God. It lacks the, it, it lacks the initiative of God. You see, when you are praying, you will receive instruction from God, which is the very life of God, bred into that assignment. Do you understand that? And that assignment will have the backing of heaven. So, I know that they said, only prophesy. That means to preach, teach, because prophecy means to, to preach, it means to teach, it means to speak forth the word of God. Only prophesy after you have prayed. Let us read some scriptures here. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 
I'll read verse 2 through 3. I'll read verse 2 earlier, but I'll read it again. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him. How be it in the spirit he speaketh mysteries? But he that prophesieth speaketh unto men to what? Edification and exhortation and comfort. So what are we saying here? As you are speaking mysteries to God, God will be giving you instructions that you can now go and pass on to men. And it will bring them comfort. It will build them up, that is, it will edify them, and it will exhort them. It will encourage them. Do you understand that? Even in chasing, they encourage that, ah, God spoke to me. But you just wake up and every day you, you see a sinner say, shall be well with you. You shall become great. You will become powerful. You will, and the man is living in sin. That's, you didn't you, you were not in the council of God. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 23. Jeremiah chapter 23. And um, I'll just read a few portions there. 16 to 18. Jeremiah 23. 16 to 18. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Hearken not unto the words of the prophets that prophesy unto you. They make you fail. They speak a vision of their own heart and not part of the mouth of the Lord. They say still unto them that despise me, the Lord has said, you shall have peace. And they say unto everyone that walketh after the manifestation of his own heart, no evil shall come upon you. You understand what we're saying now? You see a sinner, you're telling me shall be well with you. It is great, you shall be great. You will be, the Lord is with you. Keep going, the Lord is supporting you. And the man is a sinner. You have not spoken to him to warn him about sin. Why? Because you did not stand, stand in the council of God. You just dreamed a dream. You say, what do I encourage you? What do I encourage you? Get to encourage you. We are killing that guy. We are sending him to hell. In verse 8 it says, For who has stood in the council of the Lord and has perceived and heard his word? Who has marked his word and heard it? Let's go down to verse 21 and 22. This is God so speaking. I have not sent these prophets, yet they ran. I have not spoken to them, yet they prophesied. But if they had stood in my counsel, if they had come in the place of prayer, in the place of prayer, what you are having is, let me tell you, let me let you see it again. In the place of prayer, you are actually in the council of God. You are invited. When you are really praying, you are invited into a meeting. And God will show you the one that concerns you. See, this earth is about that. He needs to hear a message that will trigger you. This is the word of This is the message that we will give to the church. This, that's how it is. So God now says, But if they have stood in my council, if they have been there in the place of prayer, and have caused my people to hear my words, which is what you hear when you are in the council of God, then they should have turned them from their evil way and from the evil of their doings. But they have not. They have come no one away. And in verse 25, from verse 25, God begins to you know, speak against these prophets. He said, I have heard what the prophet said, that prophesied lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. How long shall this be in the heart of the prophets that prophesy lies? Here they are prophets of the deceit of their own heart. Which thing to cause my people to forget my name 
by their dreams which they tell every man to his neighbor, as their fathers have forgotten my name for fear. Let me pause it. Many of us don't understand that a time is coming very, very soon. People will not want to hear about the name of God. Because of the, the way and manner we are doing this, nobody wants to hear about the name of God. Because they will, they will see, when they see persecution, they say, but you say that God does not do this. You say, but why are we being persecuted? We are not doing it. Many people will curse God because the people who are speaking to them have not stood in the gospel of God to tell them the truth about the nature of God. We have not told the people that our God is a consuming fire. That He will consume all the sins in your life if you choose not to live in sin. But if you now choose to cooperate with sin and work together with sin, then when He comes as a consuming fire, He will not only consume sin, but also you, because you are now sin. We are not condemned that. We are not condemned that selfishness, greed, avarice, is confined to the word of God. That is not the truth of the Spirit. We are not condemned that. Verse 28. The prophet that hath a dream, let him tell a dream. And he that hath my word, let him speak my word. How? Faithfully, who adds those of God? Just tell it as God wants you to tell. What is the charge to the wheat? Says the Lord. Is not my word like a fire? Says the Lord. And like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces. Is there a hard heart that the word of God cannot break? Is there a is there, is there a thick rope that the Lord that the, that the word of God cannot cannot rip apart like fire? Therefore, behold, I will give the prophets, say the Lord, that steal my words, everyone from his name. They don't go and ask God. They just, they heard one message and they put two they heard another message and they put two They don't go and stand in the castle of God to hear what is God saying to his people. Many of you will one day pastor churches or have men around you. Make sure you are standing in the castle of God. Come and do the castle of your heart or think because you hear this message, you do so, you never have this. What is God saying to these people? Behold, I the grace of God has said the Lord, that use their tongues and say, He said, and say, God said. Behold, I the grace them that prophesy false things, said the Lord. And do tell them and cause my people to err by their lives and by their likeness. Yet I send them not, nor commanded them. Therefore, they shall not profit these people at all, said the Lord. There are many people who are in ministry. They look at us. Ah! I've noticed one thing. I've never heard these prophets, this false prophet, from the side of the impact. I, 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 I just see money around. I just see money. Ah! I'm looking at bro. I've seen Chris on the white. Meanwhile, he's living this. What is that? Should they not be saying, bro? Where did you come out from last night? The Is that not so? You can never find a sinner in that church. Because they will catch us. There are some sinners who managed to stay in there. And they are found out by the word of God. Then at the end of the day, they want to smile and say, It is not the topic of this week. Praise the Lord. They are doing themselves and they are all the time. They are all criminals in this. 
But the Lord will deliver you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Because you are going to pray like never before. Even if it is going to be only one hour, you are going to pray. Minimum of one hour today we are praying. Point number four. What have we said so far? I want to make that we are, we are taking notes at all. We know what we are saying. Point number one is what? Don't start any venture without it. That is not myself. Number two, your watching, your working, and your waiting must be prepared. Point number three is what now? I can't hear you. If they are doing ministry without praying, they are just doing the secular thing. They are not doing the work of God. The work of God requires that you are praying. Number four, First Corinthians chapter fourteen, verse four. First Corinthians chapter fourteen, verse four. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself, but he that prophesieth edifieth the church. Look, let me, let, let, me, let me be honest with us. Prayer is first and foremost, I will say this before, prayer is first and foremost for personal edification. If you are not built up personally, how do you want to build other people up? A man who is not Built up personally, but is, is looking to build up the church, looking to build up people's lives, preparing messages, praying for services, praying for programs, without praying to God personally. It's like somebody who is helping other people to build, that has built nothing for himself. Little wonder, Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, he said, I keep under my body. And bring it onto sub- into subjection. Let that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a pastor. I want to remain there. I don't want to be a signboard. I don't want to be a wasteful person. Just say whatever it is that comes from my Number five, prayer without godliness. That is holy living, living by God's standard and power is vain, is meaningless. In 2 Chronicles chapter 7, we know that scripture very well. 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. That, that, was what, that was when God said, If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will heal their land. You cannot be praying. And you are not making godliness your pursuit. You want God to do something in your country. You want God to do something in your company. You want God to do something in, in the church. But you will continue to do it. What prayer are you praying? Prayer is wasted. Prayer is meaningless. So prayer without godliness is vain. When you are praying, make sure. That you're also making godliness your pursuit. Now I'm going to close with um, James chapter 5. James chapter 5. I'm going to read from 16b. 16, the B part of verse 16 through to verse 18. He says, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availed much. Elias or Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. 
And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth brought forth her. What does the Bible say? I want you to know that first and foremost, it is the fervent, effectual prayer of a righteous man that was not the fervent, effectual prayer of an unrighteous man. No matter how fervent it is, no, just by it's not going to be effective. No matter how vibrant that unrighteous man is when he's praying, it will not bring to the kind of results that we want. If we are praying and we are not seeing results, let us go back to God and, and ponder the righteousness, our righteousness in, in, in God through Christ Jesus. Do we still have it? Are we still walking as God wants us to walk? Are we still doing as God wants us to do? The Bible says Elijah was a man of like passion, like us. He was, he was human. He wasn't superhuman. He wasn't a special man. He was just a man given to pray. He had his own issues. We know that Elijah did not have a wife. We know that Elijah wore only camel skin and head locusts and wild honey. We know that Elijah did not really have a place that he could call him home. He was living in the wilderness. That was not his prayer focus. His prayer focus was about the sinfulness of Israel. And he cried to God. And then he went to Arab in 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 1. That was how he was introduced. Elijah, the uh, Elijah, the Tishma, came to Arab. That was how we heard of him about Elijah. The first time we heard of him was in 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 1. How he came to the king and said to him, You, because of the sins that you and your fathers have committed, there shall be no rain until I say so. And go to He had issues, yet he would be used of God. Why? The Bible tells us how he came about that issue of stopping the rain from falling from the other He prayed. He said, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. One man prayed, and for three and a half years, there was no rain. Why? Because he, 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 the purpose of God was was The will of God was what he was what, 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 what was uppermost in his hand. He saw the sinfulness of Israel. And when I told you that, because of what you are doing, no rain till I say so. And when God was ready to bring rain, God made you were looking for Elijah all over the place. They couldn't find him. When it was time for God to bring rain, God asked Elijah, go with this person. One person found him. Go with him. Because I'm about to bring you. He said, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. He said, you stop there. He went and buried his head and he had to. Prayed and prayed and prayed until his feet. He sat him and said, I see a cloud like the hand of the man. He said, Run, go and tell him that. He made his son, the wife, he made the cash, he made the treasure. And he had run in, who had gone to eat and was riding in the chariot. He prayed. When we set ourselves to pray the will of God, from a heart that is subscribed to doing that will, God will be us. 
We need to get ourselves to the place where our own selfish needs are put in the back burner. And the will of God is what comes. These disciples went to the upper room. They locked themselves on the Bible says, and they all, not some of them, all of them, continued in prayer and supplication. And they kept praying, they kept praying, they kept praying. Until it happened. We need to keep praying. If you have heard the word of God concerning anything, you need to keep praying that word. You need to keep praying that word until it comes to pass. Or until God says to you, Go bring him. I have done this. I've told you before how one day I had a challenge. And how I left my room upstairs and went downstairs to pray. I was about to kneel down to pray, the room said to me, Go and stay. I had not even opened my mouth to ask my need. I said, I, I, told, I said, Lord, if you give me this, my mouth, I will go and stay. He said, I will give this to you. And I went to sleep. And less than 24 hours after, the deal was done. And I'm saying to us that this kind of testimonies can be ours. We can look at life circumstances and go to God in prayer and say, Lord, how do you want me to pray on this man? How do you want me to tackle this issue? You look at matters. You look at the way the church is going and begin to cry to God about the church and God will give you a word for the church. You look at your nation, Nigeria. And instead of following people who are busy abusing the president, abusing parties, and getting partisan, you just focus on God in that prayer. Say, Lord, our country is a mess. How do we solve this problem? Without engaging yourself in whether one person is Muslim, or Christian, or Northerner, or Southerner, or Easterner, or Igbo, or Hausa, or Fulani, or whatever. Today, the greatest people, the, the, the people who are causing division most in Nigeria are Christians. It's time for us to go to God in prayer. Remember, the Lord said, when he prayed, you know, we did this for a long time. He didn't say, if he prayed. He wanted us to know that praying is not a matter of choice. It's a matter of business. It's a matter of course. Something that we must do. So I'm saying to you today, let us make prayer our mission until we receive a clear vision. We must continue to pray until God speaks expressly to us on any matter. Let us pray. We are going to sing that song that we sang at the beginning. Then we are going to pray in the spirit. And like I told you, for a minimum of one hour. Prayer is the key. Prayer is the key. Prayer is the master key. Jesus started with prayer. And ended with prayer. Prayer is the master key. Prayer is the key. Prayer is the key. Prayer is the master key. Our Jesus started with prayer. And 